This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. I'm Kathy Worthington. Welcome to Late Boomers. Today, our special guest is Native American film and television actress, director, producer, singer-songwriter, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and humanitarian, Jonelle Romero. She is the first Native American documentary filmmaker to be shortlisted for an Academy Award for her documentary short, American Holocaust, When It's All Over, I'll Still Be an Indian. And I'm Mary Elkins. Janelle is also the architect and CEO of Red Nation Celebration Institute, which is the longest standing Native media arts and cultural nonprofit organization. She's the founder of the Red Nation Television Network and the Red Nation International Film Festival. Janelle, we're excited to talk about them and so much more. Welcome. Thank you. It's an honor to be here and thank you for having me. Glad to have you. And so pleased to meet you. You have a very unique background. So can you give us a little history on your family and your upbringing and how it opened the doors to your multifaceted career? Wow, that's that's a ginormous question. It is. <laughs> it is. Well, um, let's see. Well, my mom and dad... Uh, had me when they were 19. My mom was 19. Mm. And her dream was to be a movie star. They lived in New Mexico. So she they packed their bags and moved to and came out here to Hollywood. And um, she ended up um, uh, uh, Universal Studios ended up signing her. So she uh, was featured in a lot of Elvis Presley films. So my mom and my dad moved to Hollywood and she wanted to be a movie star. And so Universal Pictures signed, signed her up back in the 60s. And uh, she uh, was in about nine, featured in about nine uh, Elvis Presley films. And um, she was the Red Skelton girl on, on uh, the, uh, the Bikini Girl on the Red Skelton show and the oh. Burnett show. And yeah, Red Skelton really, really loved her. He kept requesting her back. Um, so when I was really young, nine years old, I would hang out on the MGM lot on Elvis's sets and I'd have to wait till the Colonel would leave because he didn't <laughs> like kids. So now this one shoot, Nancy Sinatra had to hide me in her trailer mm. wait till he, till the Colonel left so that I can hang out with everyone. And oh, how sweet. <laughs> yeah, I really started my, um, my acting with my uh, with my mom and my dad's father, my grandpa, uh, doing plays when I was like two, three years old. And I remember this. I'll never forget this. This one time we were in a theater 
and my mom had to go there for something. There was nobody there. And, you know, they used to make makeup that it had that oil paint smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they yeah, didn't use makeup that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember smelling that. I'll never forget that smell. And it was that smell. And I, I was like maybe three and I walked out onto the stage. And of course it was, no one was there. And I just stood there and I said, this is what I'm going to do. Hmm. I knew I was going to, this is, this is what I want to do. And so I would be in plays with, with my mom and my grandpa. And then fast forward, um, when I was about 17, um, I got cast in the first contemporary Native woman story ever produced in film history. And it wow. aired on CBS in 1977. And it was called A Girl Called Hatter Fox. And that really changed a lot for our Native narrative uh, back then. Um, even though we're slowly trudging that road in media, right? It's taking uh, forever. Yeah. Um, but uh, so that was my first my first lead. And where do you go from there? Like, right? You know, being a Native woman, young Native woman in this industry. And your uh, first job as a lead. And my first job as a lead. Yeah. I played Raquel Welsh's sister and... Uh, the Legend of Waxfire Woman. We did a lot of miniseries when they were doing miniseries. Now they mm-hmm. call them limited series, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Did a lot of a lot of episodics. You know, worked with so many, so many people, so many wonderful actors throughout my career. And then George Harrison produced Powell Highway, and that oh. was the first contemporary uh, feature film that really, really, really changed the narrative forever. Cause it was the first contemporary native film ever produced. <laughs> and Jonathan Wax was the director and a Martina starred in it, uh, Gary Farmer, myself and Amanda Weiss. And, um, it, it changed the whole native narrative. And then 10 years later, all these other, uh, contemporary native films started being produced. Well, can you can you tell us a little bit more about your work as an actress, but also as a singer songwriter and also uh, about your Native Women in Music concert series that you started? How did that come about? Well, um, okay, so when I was. About 20, I had met Leonard Cohen many times, and when I was about 20. We became boyfriend and girlfriend we we were we lived together for about three years wow and so he i was the first artist that he ever produced at a m records mm. and it's interesting because my mom uh divorced my dad and she went and married uh tawny college from the tijuana brass so that you know is her balford in the tijuana yeah, brass and of course AM records and right no longer there i feel so like a dinosaur now, but um, <laughs> it's a very famous studio. Yeah. yeah. I love so it. There. I, yeah. yeah. So, I, so I did my first recordings there with Leonard and Henry Louie and Henry Louie had produced, you know, Minnie Rippleton and Joni Mitchell and many, many, many artists. Um, so in 1994, I moved back home to New Mexico 
And um, because my daughter was seven and I really wanted her to have a childhood because here everybody wanted to sign her and put her in films. And I was just very concerned about that. And so I, I took her back home where she's, you know, to be with our people, to be with, with our land. And um, so that's what I did. And I thought, okay, great. I could, I could do the, all these creative things. I was so bored out of my mind. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, what, am, what did I do? <laughs> this is, you know, 1994, right? 93, and did, 93, and did 93. she end up going into the business anyway? She did. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but now it's, she's not in it anymore. It's in her blood. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, uh, I launched Red Nation Celebration Institute because th there's a thing called Indian Market in Santa Fe in August. Yeah. It's very famous Indian Market. All, you know, tourists from all over the world come into town at that time. And I did it a few times. So, you know, there's gorgeous work and artistry oh. and all the silver and turquoise and baskets and rugs yeah. and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I was like, okay, what am I going to do here? And, mm -hmm. uh, I noticed that during Indian market, there was no contemporary native music being performed. So we launched red nation, T uh, uh, Institute, red nation celebration Institute. And we started producing concerts. And then in 1996, I met with, um, we had produced native women in music a concert with, we had Joy Harjo and Joanne Shenandoah and just all these wonderful artists. And right after that, I met up with um, Sarah McLaughlin for the Lilith Fair tour. And she invited me to go on tour with, with that. So I did. And, and then, you know, then we, then I moved back home because home to LA or home to New yeah, Mexico. Home, well, back, back to, to LA. Back <laughs> home. to LA. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you Good know, move. yeah. Now it's happening in New Mexico. Now I'm thinking about moving back during the pandemic. Yeah. I'm like, I think I'm going to go back. Yeah. Home. Yeah. Um, so so many things happened while I was there. A lot of goodness was created. The Red Nation Celebration Institute, Native Women in Film and Television and Music, and you know my Holocaust film. I and we also produced while I was back home um, in 1996 the first all Native drama television series. Oh. We produced a pilot. And uh, we made all press all over. There was press all over. People came from all over. And it's a bad word now, but they were referring us to the next Bill Cosby show. But, you know, that's a <laughs> word. Right? Yeah. Now what was it like called, it. by the way? It was called Red Blanket, the series. But this, the episode was called Home, Home on the Res. And you could watch it on our television network right now. Um, so that was the very first all Native television series. And. I came back out to LA and pitched it to like Spielberg and Warner Brothers, David Walper's son, Mark, and all these people. And what Spielberg's company told me was, his producer told me was that um, you're 25 years ahead of your time. Like this is oh. not gonna fly now. And he was right because now we have the series, like we have Res Dogs and Rutherford Falls and, yeah. you know, uh, and more to come. You worked oh. with Michael Jackson too, didn't you? Yes, I did. And I 
really, you know, we went to school together in the sixth grade oh. at, at uh, Gardner Street School. Then he asked me to go steady on the steps there in sixth Aww. grade. And I used no to go, kidding. Yeah, and, he, and I used to go up to his house and there was a big tree swing they used to have across the street from his house and he used to swing me on it. And we would talk about how we were gonna change the world with peace and love oh. at 11. Yeah. That was yeah. our dream. Perfect. You were, you were ahead of that. your time. Oh, yeah. always ahead of your time. And your film production company, Red Nation Films, yeah. has produced a number of films like your award-winning documentary, American Holocaust, When It's All Over, I'll Still Be an Indian. Will you yeah. tell our listeners about the company and its productions, something about that? Well, you know, that film, I had written uh, a treatment and no one wanted to produce it because they thought, oh, it's too big of a concept, like the whole Holocaust. So I was um, very frustrated with that, you know? And I remember I was at the beach in Malibu and it was like a couple of days before school started and my kids were swimming and I was just meditating. And I had previously shot all this footage of elders because PBS would hire me or ITVS would hire me to do films for them or produce and direct. And so I would, um, while I had good cameras and lighting, I would get all these interviews with elders and storytellers and so forth. So I was able, so I had all this footage and I thought, you know, I'm just gonna make a documentary short and enter it into the Oscars. I'm just gonna straight to the top, not, you know, uh -huh. just no film festivals, no Sundance, you know, no, none of that. Uh -huh. And uh, that's what I did. And we, and, and in 2000, uh, 22 shorts were entered that year and nine were chosen and we were, we were part of the nine and then five were nominated wow. and it's called American Holocaust. When it's all over, I'll still be Indian. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'll still be Indian. Be Indian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. And okay. Thank you. Yeah. So from that, uh, we, you know, in 2006, I got tired of, waiting for this industry to have us at the table, either in a, an executive role or start, whatever. I'm just, I'm, I'm just so over it. So I launched uh, Red Nation Television Network and I just did it. We just mm -hmm. did it. And we were free for many, many years. And uh, during that time we were free, we had 10 million viewers and 30, seven countries so i know there's an audience out there that wants to experience our content our stories and um so from that you know we have our red nation international film festival and so i was able to create all this content like we have thousands of film titles that we're currently uploading onto the network and we I've been able to, you know, we're the only um, native award ceremony that goes live from our network every year. It's, it's like in 2019, when we were in person before the pandemic, we had presenters like Christian Bale and Scott Cooper and Rory Cochran and Sashin Littlefeather. And, and this year we're back in person and we're, it's November 14th. I'm so excited. It's, this year is gonna be really exciting. 
because we have great films that are screening this year. And didn't LA Mayor Eric Garcetti designate each November American Indian Heritage Month because of you and your original documentary? Well, I could tell you how that happened. Okay. <laughs> how that happened was in 2000, there was an awesome visionary working at the LA Cultural Affairs. And that her name was Marjorie Reese. She was African-American woman and she was awesome. She was a visionary. And I went in and took a meeting with her and I said, we need to have an American Indian Heritage Month. No one had ever brought that to the table, to the city of LA. Whoa. So my family is, you know, is Congressman Edward R. Roybal on my mom's side. And so we have, you know, if you go downtown LA, you'll see our family buildings, the federal building named after Edward R. Roybal. And my cousin, his daughter took his seat in Congress and Lucille Roybal. And I learned a lot of activism from him and my mom because she used to take me when I was really little to listen to him, you know, downtown LA. And I feel like I'm standing on their shoulders and, and forwarding this, you know, work forward. Um, so when I went in to meet with, with Marjorie in, two, in the year 2000, I said, Marjorie, we, we have to because LA is the largest urban population of American Indian and people don't know that. And, no. our are, and our kids are suffering. They don't see themselves anywhere. You know, where am I? Where am I? I'm not in media. I'm not in storytelling. I, where? So um, she reached her hand out and shook my hand and said, I'll trust you. You trust me and we'll make it happen. Hmm. It took five years oh. of going downtown LA, talking to city council members, talking to so many people that were completely unknowledgeable about our people here. Mm -hmm. And so we got it launched in 2005 with a placarmation when Villagrosa came into office. And then in 2006, I was asked to produce the mayor's reception uh, announcing Via Grossa and the American Indian Heritage Month. And uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lieutenant Bustamante officially recognized, gave us a resolution honoring us that we founded the, the American Indian Heritage Month in the city of LA, Red Nation Celebration Institute. And um, it was the first time in, I don't know, 150 years that I was able to organize all the 19 tribes to come together at City Hall. Oh, talking that's to exciting. So how many people very, very was, was that all together? Oh my God, there was- Thousands? Oh, hundreds? no, no, no. Oh, no. just hundreds, <laughs> hundreds, but like selected people from each yeah. tribe? It was, yeah, so it was- A exciting. smaller number. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That are yeah. Especially invited. I would say about 150, 200. Yeah. It, was, it was a small, you know, but, uh, you know, Lieutenant Bustamante was there and, um, you know, that's when Bill Rosendahl was in office. You know, I really miss him because he was really on our team. Um, you know, Tom Labage, he's no longer there. You know, all those guys, they were there for Red Nation Celebration Institute. And now there's a whole new city council and it's really, really different. It's a new group to educate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Well, Please tell our listeners. Another conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Please tell our listeners more about founding the Red Nation Celebration Institute and the amazing work that you and it does. Well, we we're 26 years old, mm-hmm. and we're the longest standing uh, media arts and cultural native indigenous uh, nonprofit in the city of LA. And we have been organizing and producing, I guess organizing and producing are the same word really. Um, You know, uh, not only the largest native film festival in the country, but the only um, native women in film festival, you know, in the country, the, our Red Nation Television Network, our Native Youth Matter. Uh, we're, we're getting ready to announce um, at the beginning of this year, a whole new program for our emerging Native youth filmmakers, which students, which is great. Wow, that's we're, fabulous. Yeah, we're partners with um, USC and we launched a Native Study Center, the first Native Study Center at USC. Um, and that's that's going along slowly but can it's it's going right Uh um and god we have year-round programs all different programs for filmmakers and youth uh and yeah it's just it's really been extraordinary but uh the thing that we were dealing with this morning is the trades (laughs) and it took me 24 years to get Variety to say anything about the festival. Mm. Wow, that's terrible. That's a long time. They just ignored it, huh? And it's a generation. Is, yeah. And the thing is, is we're not a cause. We're mm-hmm. content creators. We're innovators. We're, you know, storytellers. You know, we're not a cause. And I think what the general, a lot of people look at us saying, oh, that's a great cause. We're not Uh, a cause, you know, we're not a feel good story, you know? Right. Um, Right. You're you're just like other filmmakers and other producers and they should be equally treating you. Exactly. And and I know you have the, the Red Nation International Film Festival every November during American Indian Heritage Month. So talk a little bit more about the festival and about some of the actors and filmmakers and producers who have won those awards, the RNCI Red Nation Awards. Well, we, last year, Graham Greene received the Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, God, there's so many people throughout the years. Uh, Yeah. Tantanka Means, Russell Means' son has has picked up a few awards. Uh, Zon McLaren has picked up a few awards. Oh God! And the Red Nation and Film Festival. So many. There's so th- this festival this year. I have to tell you, the festival this year. We've been able to, since 2009. We've been able to do this as a festival. I'll give you an example. Red Nation is good business for the entertainment industry. That's all I have to say. And you know. Uh, in 2009, I called Summit Entertainment. I have never met these men. They're gorgeous men. That's all I have to say. I've never <laughs> met them. And I said, this is who I am. This is what we do. Uh, and we want to screen 
new moon, the twilight saga, before you have your premiere for our festival. And they immediately said yes. And that was the launching pad to getting uh, first deals with the studios. So Mm -hmm. moving forward this year, our opening night film was was November 2nd, uh, you know, on Tuesday, and we had Night Raiders. Oh. We, we secure we nabbed that film. They have not even had their U.S. Th- uh, theatrical release yet. Congratulations. That's big. Where's the story on that? Yeah. Are you going to get a story sometime? No, I've been sending you. Ha- oh. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we have... Uh, we have Wild Indian with Michael Gray Eyes. Michael Gray Eyes is going to be there on November 13th to, to represent the film. I have a cameo and I play his mom. And, that. Oh, and yeah, and then we have Antlers. We have Scott Cooper's Antlers starring Graham Greene and, and, and Russell, um, Carrie Russell. Mm-hmm. Are they not talking These about that? Friends- these are these are deals. These are deals that our festival secured. No other, no other festival has done this. Mm-hmm. Not some, nobody. Well, I I I see a story there. I, I see a lot. I don't, we all I don't see know. stories I don't, there. I don't know why they don't. <laughs> There's 27 films directed by women this year. Oh, oh. excellent! Where's That's that story? wonderful. I love that. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 27 films directed by women. Hmm. Amazing. And, you know, I just want to say this festival is the only festival in the world that has that created the Brando Award with his blessing, created the Edward Albert Jr. Award with the family's blessing, the Edward R. Royball Award with our family's blessing, um, the Chief Dan George Award with the family's blessing. Mm -hmm. Where's the press on that? Those are all such good. It'll come. It will come. You built it. It will come, as they say. So talk talk more about the Red Nation Television Network. And you mentioned a little bit about how it came about, but and and more about where the content originates. And very important, how can we access it? How can our listeners access it? Well, first you could go to rednationtv.com. And you, you can subscribe. It's $4.99. This coming year, the beginning of the year. Uh, 2021, 2021. Well, 2022, March of 2022, we're having our seventh facelift. I don't get facelifts, but the television networks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't great. need one. <laughs> you, you sure don't need one. <laughs> But um, but we're going to do it at seventh facelift because currently we have a thousand new titles that we're uploading. Wow. And uh, our social media uh, team will start promoting them. And we're now getting asked, we're, we're, we're signing deals where we're getting films, um, huge documentaries like Kiss the Ground. We have mm-hmm. on our television network. Netflix has it too on their net, on their uh, streaming. We were before Netflix or Hulu or anybody. The only one that was online streaming when we started was YouTube. And they just had silly stuff on there back then. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's a process. And what we, uh, what we're always encouraging is uh, people to, to, to invest in, in native storytelling and the red nation television network is, is a, is a place where you can invest um, financially uh, to, if you really, if you really want to see native content, right. Subscribe. That's how you can invest, you mm-hmm. know, become a member. Uh, there's so many, I ways. will. Okay. Thank you, Mary. There's so many ways to, to, to support, uh, our storytelling. And there's, we're, it's not that we have content. We have mm-hmm. so much content done already produced mm-hmm. is it are they are they mostly movies and documentaries or other there, types of content so there's movies there's documentaries there's shorts there's news we have a news uh, thing we have a podcast um and it's international is that right oh it's global yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can you right. tell us what is Native Youth Matter. If I can see it, I can be it. What's that? So Native Youth Matter was really something I was doing in the 70s. And then I just rolled it into the Institute when we launched the Institute in 1995. Um, And what we were doing for many, 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 many years is going out to the reservations and empowering our youth. Uh, I have 40 years sober, uh, so I really, you know, want to give back to our youth, right? And so, um, so we were doing that for a long time. And then with our festival, for years, we had a student uh, category. And this year is the first time that we haven't had a student category because the beginning of the year, we're launching our... Um, initiative that we're doing. It's called Native Indigenous Youth Academy of Cinematic Arts. Ooh, where's that? for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that will be rolled out at the first of the year with ways to invest in Native talent, uh, youth, you know, emerging storytellers. There'll be screenwriting, mentorships, just, it's just a gorgeous, coming, a gorgeous program coming from our point of view, our perspective, not a model of the industry, a model mm-hmm. of our traditional way of life. That's, mm-hmm. that's very exciting, Janelle. And you also recently established RNCI, the Red Nation Celebration Institute crew in, in, in oh. California, New Mexico. Talk oh. about that and, oh. and why it's I- so important now. Yeah, I'm so excited about this. Okay, I so <laughs> you brought it up because in 2015, it took uh, it took me five years. So what is it, 14, 13, 12, 2010, I started calling the American film market in Santa Monica, right? There was only two film markets, one in Santa Monica and one in Europe, Cannes. And I said, oh, well, we need a native film market for distribution companies to come see our film films. So I kept calling Jonathan over there saying, you know, let us have a room. Let, how much is it? Da, da, da. And he, he, he just didn't respond. And then by 2015, I said, I'm very serious. 
how much is this going to be? I'll get the money and we might need to do this. He felt so bad for taking the money, right? Um, because he said, well, what if, what if nobody comes? And I said, that's, let me worry about if nobody comes, right? I'll worry about if one person, this is how I look at it. If one person shows up, we've made a difference because that one person we've experienced our, our story, right? Mm-hmm. So we invited a thousand production companies and distribution companies, 400 attended our native film market at American film market, right? That's uh-huh. huge. It, it's humongous in uh-huh. 2015. And we dec- he, he gave us the whole restaurant. So we had a red as green carpet and then we, we, we decorated the whole uh, restaurant with, with native content. Like we, we had these huge banners printed up with all the posters of all these films that had already been released. And this is what I learned. The distribution companies and production companies would be sitting there like an art piece, looking at it going, and I'm just listening, right? They're going, oh, I can't wait to see that film. Oh, I'd love to see that film. I waited till they were done. And then I said to them, those films were already released. That one was released in 1977. That one was released in 1970, you know, and they were like, wow. And I said, yeah. So to me, that whole experience, no matter how much it cost, was so relevant and so um, so much of an emergency for me to learn what we have to do and how much educating we have to do in regards to our content and our, our native oh, area. yes. Yeah. People have um, no so, idea. Yeah. So then that year we partnered with Film LA mm-hmm. and we moved forward, right? They're still, we're still partners with them and we moved forward uh, with our native film market. And in that, those years from 2015 to, to, to last year, we had on our board to how do we get our native talent that don't want to be directors or actors or whatever? How do we get them? But they want to be in the business, but they don't know how to, how to do that. So we launched RNCI Crew. Oh, and, that's, yeah. And we partnered with all these film commissions all over the country and all over the world. And we partnered with the unions, the Teamsters, and we partnered with Kruvi. And Kruvi is this database. It's like the industry's database to go to for anybody in the industry that's crew. And so they designated a page for us, Red Nation, uh, RNCI crew. And so we've been getting all of our talent to sign up so that if you're a studio head and you want to hire, you know, to be inclusive on, on people of color, then they go to crew and they go, Oh, here's the native indigenous. Okay. Let me see who's on and we'll hire them. Um, we do training camps for lack of a better word. We do master classes with location managers. Um, and we also launched the first and only um, California Native uh, Film Commission here in the state and in the state of New Mexico. Oh, that's great. And you yeah. also established Native Women in Film and Television Resource Center and Native Women in Film Festival. So tell us a little bit more about the women. What are the women doing? 
well, the women are doing a lot because, you know. Yeah, because we can. Because we can. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Because <laughs> we're life givers and that's our nature. We have our film festival for Native women in film and television the week leading up to the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And it's two to four days. It depends on how many films we have and how many events we, we want to produce. So uh, that's been happening. I think this year's going to, 2022 is going to be our 16th year, 15th year or 16th year doing that. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. And we, um, in 2018, when, well, actually on October 5th, which is my birthday in 2017, the Harvey Weinstein story broke. And mm. at the Golden Globes in January of 2018, all the actresses were in black. Oh, uh-huh. why we wear black. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, that's extremely depressing. They're all in black. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it, I felt like we're going to a funeral here or something, right? Mm-hmm. So that very night, I called my board of directors. I called, uh, you know, all of my, a lot of my friends while I was watching it. And I said, let's, let's launch Why We Wear Red. And that is a call to action because there is a direct link between Native women in film and television and media and our missing and murdered indigenous women. Mm -hmm. Because if we're not seen and heard, we don't matter. And the industry, just in regards to episodic television with the major networks, they stopped hiring native women actresses from 2003 to 2019. You did not see a native actress on episodic television at all. We were completely written out of the narrative, completely. Now, because of our work and our, and our going in and meeting with them, they, like this one studio, I, when we launched Why We Were Red, I went into um, a studio, and uh, big studio, and I said, um, you know, I had a meeting with them, tell them what we we're doing, and I, and I let them know, why aren't you hiring us as actors or whatever? And they said, um, well, we do, we, ha- we hired this young native writer, woman and um she's on a show i said oh my god what's her name what is she doing what script did she write and they go oh no she wrote a line in the script and i looked at this man and i said you know the meeting's over good for you you don't get it and i don't think you're going to get it and i left the meeting Mm. It was so sad. And so we partnered when we launched in 2018, Why We Wear Red, we partnered with, um, with uh, Deb Holland, Secretary Deb Holland, before she was a Congresswoman, before she was Secretary, <laughs> and she came on board. And so now, now um, a follow-up on all of that work is um, November 12th, I, I, I was invited to tell my story because I'm a survivor of sexual assault. I was invited to tell my story on a Peacock, NBC Peacock and Oxygen um, series uh, that's launching on November 12th. (laughs) And they're focusing on three indigenous women that are missing. And uh, my story's woven in between the series. 
That's wow. great. That's going to be good. Yeah. yeah. First time I'm coming out in public. Oh. Like a big, big, like national, right? That's very brave of you. I'm terrified. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> I don't know what this is going to do. <laughs> I hope it helps somebody. It will. Yeah, it will. It will. And then from the 15th through the 30th, we're going to have events online. Like we're having these conversation series with all different kinds of filmmakers and tribal leaders. And, oh, God, it's going to be gorgeous. And you can also experience the films online. Great. That's great. Thank you so much. We want to thank our amazing guest, filmmaker, humanitarian, actor, singer, songwriter, producer, entrepreneur, and more, Janelle Romero. Thank you so much, Janelle. Thank you for inviting me. It was an honor. You both are so gorgeous. Thank you. Oh, thank you. But would you tell our listeners where, if they want to reach you, where they would find you? Are you on social media? Yes. Janelle yes. Romero or Instagram. Uh, and on Facebook too, there's Red Nation Film Festival oh, page. Okay. There's a Red Nation Television Network page. There's a Native Women in Film page on Facebook. Our Instagram is Red Nation Film Festival. Our uh, Twitter is Red Nation Film Festival as well. Excellent. And we want to invite our listeners to follow us on Instagram also at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins and on our Late Boomers Instagram page. And please go to our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z, to contact us and let us know what you are enjoying. And thank you again, Janelle. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. 
So, here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.